0: I've got a cassette tape, I guess. Young people don't know what that means. But anyway, probably 25 years ago, and this fella gave it to me. And this man, the preacher, was preaching. And he said, "He said, my dad used to work at Republic Steel. That's where my dad used to work. And he said, there's this crazy man that kept putting out gospel tracts. And he said, my dad got a hold of one of them and got born again. Isn't that amazing? Dad had put out them tracks for years and years, never thought anything was happening. You never know what God's gonna do with the word of God. And when I told him that, of course, you know him, he shouted all over the house and we had a time, amen? I'm gonna be brief tonight, but I really did not have this on my heart today, but I got in my study today and God would not let me get away from this. Luke 16 tonight, Luke 16 you say, what's that got to do with missions? Everything, to be honest with you. Uh, I believe that I don't know when I've been to a better meeting this week. I've really enjoyed all the wonderful preaching, uh, all the fellowship, the meals, the baskets, and all of that has been great. And I do love my church. I'm grateful to be a member here. And uh, we have some of the best people in the world, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, thank the good Lord for that. And I'm just going to give you what the good Lord has given me, but I... I couldn't get away from this tonight and so I just want to preach what he laid upon my heart. It won't be anything you haven't heard, but it's going to be necessary because the Lord said so. Look in verse 19, if you will. The Bible said there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There's a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Designed to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all of this between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. I want to preach tonight just for a few moments. In verse 25, Abraham said, Son, remember. I want to preach tonight on that thought, Son, remember. Uh, Let me say first of all a couple of things by the way of introduction uh, You say, preacher, what will you find in hell? I'll say, number one, you'll find fire in hell. I know that uh, Billy Graham came out in 1996 in Time Life magazine. He didn't deny that there was fire in hell, but he said he did not know if there was fire in hell. Can I tell you there is fire in hell because our King James Bible said so. The Bible said that the fire is not quenched. The Bible said that he was tormented in flame. We've got a world today that's trying to take the fire out of hell. Can I say if you're lost tonight you're going to go to a place where there is fire in hell. I'd make sure tonight I'd get born again where I wouldn't have to go to a devil's hell where there's fire in hell. Amen. Can I say number two, the freedom is gone. He said you cannot pass. You know what? I heard a fella say one time, if you're determined to go to hell, Brother Danny said you might as well go to the best restaurant you can find and eat all you can. Go get you all the water you can drink. Go have the best time you can because in hell it'll all be gone. A man is a fool tonight uh, to say that I'm going to party in hell. I've heard him say, I'm going to have my friends and we're going to get drunk and party in hell. Uh, can I tell you, there'll be no party in hell tonight, friend. Oh, you hear me? Not only fire, not only we see freedom is gone, but there'll be fear in hell. The Bible said it'll be outer darkness. It'll be darkness in hell. I heard a man back in the 80s tell an illustration and he said that he was in special ops and he said that they in their training put them in this facility and said we're going to put you in total darkness. But we're going to chain you to the wall, put you on the, on the floor and chain your hands down. And all of them soldiers laughed and said, we're not afraid of the dark. They put mouthpieces in their mouth and they shut that door he said it wasn't long that we began to scream and he said the man opened the door and said you've been in here for 45 seconds and he said it seemed like an eternity and he said you see I looked down at some of the men and he said they spit out their mouthpiece and they gnawed on their tongue and blood was running down their lip you said you're trying to scare me no I'm telling you the Bible said There'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Uh, there's fire in hell. There'll be fear in hell because of the darkness. Amen. Can I say number two? The Bible said the worm dieth not. Now some believe that's a conscience. You may be right. But I just looked up the word worm and it said a maggot and a grub worm. About I guess 2007 and 8 scientists had discovered at the bottom of the ocean there were some worms that were about eight feet long and they were gathered in one place and you know why? Because heat was escaping off of the floor of the ocean and they were drawn to the heat I'm telling you the Bible said that your worm dieth not you say preacher that sounds like a scary place it is that's why you better make sure you are not going. Amen. Uh, fear. I'm telling you uh, uh, can I say not only uh, you find what will you find in hell but who will you find in hell. Number one there'll be religious people. There'll be people that are sitting on our Baptist pews uh, that have sang in a choir. They've helped cook meals. They've even tithed uh, but they've been uh, uh, full of religion. Uh, trying to get to heaven uh, by their own way and they've got too much pride. uh, to admit that they're lost uh, and they really don't have God and they don't have salvation can I tell you tonight I wouldn't go to hell uh, for nothing in the world I wouldn't go to hell uh, for nobody I'm telling you I'd chunk my pride tonight I'd throw it away I'd run down this aisle. I'd get born again hell is a real place Uh, oh listen thank God you don't have to go if you get born again amen Amen. the religious are there can I say the rebellious are there those who have shaken their fist in God's face there have been those brother Samuel they mock God and make fun of God I do believe it was John Lennon in the 60's who said the Beatles were more popular than Jesus Christ Brother Doug, it wasn't six months later, someone blew his brains out and sent him to hell. I've got news for you, friend. You better be careful what you mock uh, and say about that precious word of God uh, that we they sing about and we preach from. I'm telling you, you may be a rebel here tonight. You may be a teenager and you can't wait uh, uh, to live your own life uh, and do your own thing. i tell you the danger of that. One day you may slip off into uh, a devil's hell. Are you hearing me? I'm uh, telling you, uh, I wouldn't rebel tonight. I ain't, uh, Get born again. The rebellious are there. Uh, can I say uh, number three? The rejector is there. The one, brother Sam, who says, "Not today. I uh, maybe later. I'm uh, not today. I uh, maybe later. Not today." And you know what happens? Uh, one day uh, uh, they leave this life uh, and they wake up in a devil's hell. You might be here tonight, and God's been a dealing with you and are drawing you, and you say some other. Can- convenient day. But I'm telling you, you may not have that other convenient day. You may be dead before morning. You say, preacher, you're trying to scare me? No. I'm just a realist. You better not reject. If you're lost, you better get born again. Amen. Can I say the righteous that are full of self-righteousness are there. My dad's sister, my Aunt Janie, she was very morally good. Preacher, she was faithful to her husband, good mama to the children, always kept the good home. I mean, my dad would witness to her. But Chris had cry and beg her to get saved. She'd say something like this, I've never been like you. I've never done the things that you've done. I don't need what you got. I don't need what you got. Dad would leave there weeping begging her to get saved uh, that morally good but all the years of prayer one day when he was living with me in South Carolina she called the house and she said Tommy I know I'm a sinner (laughs) we knew business was picking up Uh, she said I know I'm a sinner and it wasn't long uh, a few months later uh, where uh, her daughter was going to church the preacher called me on a Thursday night and he said I'm tired I'm working 50 hours a week and he said uh, there's some ladies in the church running their mouth he said I think I'm just going to quit I said I'm just going to give it up I said why don't you go one more Sunday why don't you go one more Sunday and thank God that Sunday did step my little and you know what he preached on kicking against the pricks and she ran down that aisle and got born again she didn't even get to call me my cousin that preacher did he called me and said hey your aunt got saved today I'm glad she realized that her self righteousness isn't going to get the job done it don't matter what you've done it don't matter how much you do you cannot earn your salvation you'll never be good enough you've got to trust the blood amen Amen. give you four things and I'll be done he said son remember number one the person in your life the bible said it was a certain beggar it was a certain beggar you know God puts people in your life that has character that tries to win you to himself He'll put people in your life. If you're here tonight, and you're lost, and you go to hell, you're going to remember somebody that stood in your way. You're going to remember somebody that tried to get you to Christ. I was reading, I believe it was called Guidepost many years ago. And Lee Harvey Oswald, the one who they said shot and killed Kennedy, six months before Jack Ruby had shot him, six months before he died, the Lord let him get a job in Missouri with a landscaper and that landscaper just happened to be saved and you know what he did? He gave him an opportunity. God gave that man an opportunity to repent. That's why I'll always believe in whosoever will. God gave that God knew what that man was going to do God knew that man was going to reject but God so loved the world he still went to him and put him with a man that witnessed to him every day for several weeks and gave him an opportunity I'm telling you listen you'll remember that person in your life that God put in your life that had character enough that had concern that wept over your soul can I say to the church today When's the last time uh, I'm talking to myself too when's the last time we wept uh, over our family members uh, going to hell? When's the last time that we got overwhelmed uh, and we got so burdened uh, that we could not uh, uh, sleep at night uh, and the tears uh, ran down our cheeks. uh, I'm afraid we're so wrapped up in everything in this life uh, that we're not concerned about people going to hell. God help us tonight. The person, there was a person in his life. There was a place in his life. He said, it was at the gate. You're gonna remember the place where God convicted you and God convinced you. Preacher, I believe with all my heart someone needs to be saved tonight. God wouldn't speak to me. If you don't get saved tonight, you're going to remember where God dealt with you at. You're going to remember the place. You know, where I got saved, it's called Westside Independent Baptist Church, West 28th Street. It wasn't two years later because that building was so dilapidated and fallen down, they tore it down. But you know what? (laughs) I remember the place. Uh, I can still take you too. It's just an old spot now. Uh, Matter of fact, the high school had bought the property and about where I got saved is a running track. But you know what? I'll never forget that place. I'll never forget that place. You know what? They may tore that building down, but they can't tear down what God put in me. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm glad. Hallelujah. But you hear me tonight if you're lost and you go to hell, you're going to remember the place that God convinced you and convicted you and drew you to Himself, and you said no. I watched my brother John say no had his hands on the pew. He was under such conviction, he was shaking and tears running down his cheeks and the message was Judas's last chance and my brother never got dealt with after that night. I never saw him bothered. I never saw him under conviction. I was in a meeting a few weeks ago when I was telling you Monday night about that young man that just got saved Sunday. There's another man that was there that same night on Monday night when God met in conviction. And that man that was there, Brother Sam, he'd been coming to that church off and on for over three years. And Brother Doug, you know how he responded? He just sitting there like that that other fella, he was so shook up and he was so bothered three years ago that's how that man used to be he was all shook up and all bothered but now he's gotten used to the voice of God and it don't affect him anymore and it don't faze him anymore and I'm afraid that that man he's an older gentleman and I'm afraid he's going to die and go to a devil's hell oh but he'll remember that place uh, where God the Holy Ghost uh, loved him enough can I say to you uh, you're blessed beyond measure tonight if you are here that the God of heaven would show up in his power and draw you and convict you and draw you to himself amen can I say we're always condemned but not always convicted that's where that easy believism crowd gets messed up you can't walk up to a man you don't want to go to hell oh no you want to go to heaven sure repeat this after me where's the conviction in that I want to see a man get tore up. I want him to get him tore up. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember the first time dad went to church. He got mad. Preacher, man, back in them days, they'd come to you. And he just came, stood right beside him and said, hey, you may be the meanest man in Cleveland, but God can save you too. And he said, not today, brother. And he left mad. But you know what God did? He kept dangling him over hell for about two or three weeks and he got born again. Amen. I like it when the Holy Ghost gets into it. Because uh, they say, well, you're always condemned, yes, but not always convicted. Uh, amen. I like to see where God, but I'm telling you, you'll remember the place where God convicted you and dealt with you. Amen. Can I say number three? You'll remember the preacher. Verse 24. He recognized Father Abraham. He also asked for mercy. He no doubt heard a message. But Steve, we're gonna, those that are going to go to hell, they're going to remember the message. They're going to remember that there was a man of God, their pastor, the missionary, the evangelist, somebody preached, and God drew them, and they said, no, thank you. They're going to remember that message. They're going to remember saying, no, I don't want that. God, help us. Oh, they're going to remember not only that, but they're going to remember the moment of invitation when they said, no, leave me alone. Ronnie Simpson started Galilee Baptist Church in 1975. I believe Brother Steve became pastor in 1985. Somewhere in the early 80s. Four teenagers come to church one Sunday morning there. And they got dealt with by the Holy Ghost. They got in the car, but on the way out, they told the preacher, we'll see you next Sunday. They got in their car, brother Steve, and then they talked amongst themselves and said, you know, we need to do that. We, We need, next Sunday, let's all go down there and get saved. They said, all right, let's do that. But as they was going down the road, one of them said, well, you know what? Let's just go tomorrow night and party one more time. Let's just party one more time. They had a horrific wreck. Brother Sasser, three of them were killed. Only one survived. That's how they knew the story. And some of those who said, Preacher, we'll see you next Sunday, they, they were there, but in a casket, laying in front of the church, and in a devil's hell, they had a chance. God was drawn. He said, why don't you come? Let me save you. Let me change you. They were dealt with. They were bothered. But they said another time, we're going to do it next Sunday. We're going to do it next Sunday. And lost their life that week. They've been in hell for a long time. No doubt every day they go through that their mind... Oh I had a chance I had a chance The God of heaven Came by my way And he dealt with me And he gave me an opportunity And I said no I said no Can I tell you tonight If you're here lost That those young people Would trade places with you For everything in the world They'd rather have one more opportunity You're a fool tonight To say no Can I say, I believe there's a parent in your life. You know what he said? He didn't say, go talk to my dad. He said, go to my father's house. Now, Brother Josh, it might be. Maybe dad was dead. But he said, go to my father's house and talk to my brethren. Could it be that he had a daddy that loved him and that knew God and Brother Doug tried to win him. I know my dad, until his dying breath, has tried to win my two brothers. I mean, Terry probably has been witnessed more t- than any man in the world. I mean, every moment he had him by himself, he'd tell him that story again, over. And he'd cry and shout and about wreck the truck. And, and I mean, just, but he'd tell it over and over. Can I say if those Two fellows, my two brothers, go to hell. It won't be my dad's fault. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you know you got a mom and a daddy that love you. You know they do. They're broken for you and they've been weeping for you. They want to see God save you. Maybe you're going to go to hell in spite of their prayer, in spite of them. My grandmother, my mother's mother, probably one of the godless people I knew. Outside of my mother, her children were heathen. Brother Grant, my grandmother prayed three hours every day. You'd just be around her and the Holy Ghost was around her. You know what that shows me? People have their own choice. I mean, if anybody should have been saved, it should have been my aunts and uncles. My, my grandmother, For I mean, she, she raised them in the house of God. I wonder if there's a young person here tonight that you're abiding your time. You can't wait to get out on your own and get out of here and get away from preaching and get away from the truth so you can go run headlong into the world and sadly slip off into hell with a mom and a dad who is broken 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 do you remember that fella preached at the jubilee last year about that that them two ladies they came to the altar he said it was just a wednesday night and he said that they stayed and they stayed and he finally went down and said, well, How can I help you? They said, We've got, I got a son lost, and so does she. We've decided that we're not going to get off this altar until they get saved. So he thought, What in the world am I going to do? So he got up and dismissed the people. Yeah. He said, Well, if they decided to stay there till they're going to die, I guess I will too. If you remember, he said they got down and they prayed. They prayed from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock. And I believe he said it was about midnight. But Dougie said, one of them boys come looking for the mama. Wasn't long. He got on that old altar and got born again. Then he joined them. And then they prayed from 12 to 1, from 1 to 2, and I think till 3 o'clock in the morning. And then that other boy come. I wonder how serious we are about our family. My brother Terry, when him and dad moved two doors down from me, I'd go by in my car. He always sat and rocked, no matter what kind of chair he had. He smoked cigarettes and drank his coffee. That was his day. Some days, I'd when I'd wave at him, uh, Samuel, tears would drip off my chin because yeah. I knew he was going to hell. And then other days, it didn't bother me. And I said, oh, God, oh, God. I've been really working on him lately. Every time I go to him, I talk to him and try to get him to explain what he understands and knows about being saved. But Terry, I don't want want my brother to go to hell. I I don't want William to go to hell. I've been working on him. I I just, I wonder tonight. I think the message is twofold. I think we need our burden back tonight. And I really believe somebody needs to be born again. Preacher, I'm through Let's stand, if you would, please.